Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans. Welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where my wife and I critique and argue over horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar. So maybe never quite learn anything. Maybe we never blow your mind. Maybe we never scare you, although we probably do a lot of that. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you have a good time listening. So tonight we are continuing our The Night Halloween Came Home theme with the film Terrifier. Uh, so this is one written and directed by Damien Leone, who also did the film All Hallows Eve, which is actually a horror anthology which Art the Clown, the villain from Terrifier, first appeared in. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's in... I, I, I don't remember if he's in every segment in that. It has been a while since I've seen it, but he he's kind of like the recurring character throughout, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh, very creepy in that he was played by a different guy in All Hallows Eve. I don't quite remember what the story is for why they had to switch character or <laughs> switch actors, but, uh, but yeah. So if you do like Terrifier, just before we even get into any of this, um, do suggest checking out All Hallows Eve if you've never seen it. Definitely worth a shot. Very creepy horror anthology. But anyway, uh, so the film was written and directed by Damien Leone, and it's basically about a couple of girls on Halloween night who end up getting stranded and run into a creepy dude in a clown <laughs> costume who becomes hell-bent on murdering them. So, <laughs> so we are going to be spoiling this movie. We're going to talk about everything we can with it. So if you have not seen it, do recommend checking it out before you listen to this. Uh, I believe it's streaming on Tubi. I'm not 100% positive, but you should be able to find it somewhere. Otherwise, I do think it's worth the rental, but warning for the squeamish, it is a very, like, hardcore horror <laughs> film <laughs> yes uh, it pretty is intense kills extremely violent so be ready for that um but anyway so before we get into spoiler territory and all that we have our usual spoiler free content so uh, as far as releases go this week first up is a film called and these will all be out by the time you're listening to this uh first is a film called broadcast signal intrusion so this is a film by jacob gentry who also did signal and it's based on the Max Headroom uh, broadcast intrusions that happened in, I think, the late 80s, which if no one knows what that is, you should look it up. It's really strange and creepy. Like, basically, there was a show called Max Headroom that had, like, some kind of... I don't... I have never seen the show. I don't know what it's all about, but, <laughs> but it had some kind of android in it. It's very futuristic. And anyway, there... I think it was during, like, a football game. Uh, this in, This broadcast intrusion came on, and played some kind of clip with someone dressed like Max Headroom or something like that, saying weird shit, and Ugh. and it happened twice and never again. No one ever found out what the hell that was all about. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so this is based on that. It's set in the 90s. It's kind of like an eerie mystery uh, with this guy who discovers uh, a broadcast signal intrusion like this, and I won't go further into detail of that for fear of spoilers, but 
it, it's a slow burn. It's not going to be for everybody. It, it poses more questions than it gives answers. <laughs> but if you're into those kind of movies, something really, you know, weird and eerie and mysterious, uh, I do recommend checking it out. I had a good, I had a decent time with it. So, uh, so that's on VOD. Another film is The Trip, and this is now on Netflix. So this is from the same director behind the Dead Snow movies. And it's basically about a couple, one of whom is played by Numi Rapes, who go on this weekend getaway, but little do either of them know that they each plan on killing each other during the weekend. <laughs> and this is another one where to say anything more than that would just completely spoil it. So try to go in as blind as you can with this one. Yes. Uh, it's really fun, though. It's really bloody. <laughs> it's really intense. It's really intense. Th- there is one moment that I think kind of spoils the fun, but other than that, it's just a really entertaining movie. But so if you like Dead Snow, it's all of the same kind of thing, you know, just very humorous, very over the top. It's Dead Snow, but like a little bit darker. Like it still has that same sense of humor, but it's like, what if we went just a little darker with it? Oh, yeah, no, it it gets a little dark, but it's also very satisfying. So I fucking loved it. I had so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, really good movie. So that's on Netflix. And then lastly, is a film called Knocking, and this is on VOD. And this is basically about a woman who... Uh, believes that she keeps hearing some kind of knocking or someone like screaming for help in her apartment building and nobody believes her and so she's kind of going on she's kind of like losing her mind a little bit and going on sort of this you know investigation of trying to find out if she's right or not or is she crazy and anyway this is another really good one it's another slow burn that i you know every time i say slow burn i feel like <laughs> there are those horror fans out there they're like Ugh, no you know like my wife um so <laughs> hey i like some slow burns i just have a short Ma- attention many, span many you do not yes if you are like my wife and you have a short attention span with movies then maybe knocking's not for you uh but i do think it's really good it's you know, it's kind of one of those films that plays all into the idea of, you know, society not believing women and stuff like that. So it's just, it's a very interesting movie um, that I think has some really great moments in it. So that's also we're checking out. Uh, if you're curious, you can check out on my reviews uh, for both The Trip and Knocking. And I also interviewed the director of Broadcast Signal Intrusion a while back. We talked all about Trump and cults and all this kind of <laughs> stuff that kind of play into the movie a bit. Uh, which is pretty interesting, so you can find that as well on KillerHorrorCritic.com. And then another thing we like to do before getting the spoilers is every week on our poll, or is every week on our Twitter, at KillerCritics, we like to put up a poll, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film, what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience falls on Terrifier? I feel like Terrifier has kind of like a cult following, so I'm going to assume that love it is what won this week. So you are correct this time. I figured. <laughs> uh, so Love It is 40.6%. It's Fine was 25.2%. Don't Like It is 12.3%. And Never Seen It was 21.9%. Really? 21? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's a fairly recent film. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like anything that's come out within the past five or ten years, there's probably, you know, a portion of people that haven't gotten to it yet. But but that's we will. Fair. But we will say, you know, Art the Clown from Terrifier has become sort of a cult icon, <laughs> which is really fascinating when you consider that, you know, he's only appeared in in brief bits in All Hallows Eve and then has one movie to him to his name with Terrifier, right? Uh, so, you know, he's kind of one of those horror villains who I feel like you give him another sequel or two and he'll potentially, depending on the quality, potentially be talked about, you know, if not in the same realm, at least close to the same realm. 
as you know killers like Michael Myers and Chucky and Jason you know yeah. like like he's not quite up there yet but he's definitely he's he's made a huge climb we're you gonna know? get an <laughs> art versus Pennywise film well, Pennywise wins because Pennywise <laughs> is an all-knowing, like fucking super god. So that can know. be I that can be killed by a bunch of children. <laughs> that, exactly, he can get killed by a bunch of children. Art can take him. Yeah, well, pr- possibly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, we'll see. I, I'd rather see Art versus the Killer Clowns from Outer Space, personally. But that'd be amazing. But anyway, so I always like to get comments from you all as well. For, so these are all from Twitter. Uh, first up is at Heel Face Rudy. So that's H E E L Face. R-U-D-Y, and they say, I thought it was good, reminded me of one of those movies you see a trailer of before the movie you rented and had to check out. Then when I got to the scene and they went for it all the way during the kill, I was hooked and became an instant art fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can I can understand becoming a fan after that scene, which obviously we're not going to spoil yet. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the kills in this film are really fantastic. I think that's what makes people like this film so much. Because for me, that's kind of the, the only thing Terrifier has going for it is art and the kills. <laughs> Aww, um, so I, I disagree with that, and we'll go through how we feel about this as we go on. But so the first thing I'll say uh, to Rudy here is absolutely, you know, something that immediately struck me about Terrifier the first time I sat down to watch it is the uh, is the style and look of it mm-hmm. because Terrifier is very much like that kind of grainy VHS, you know, l- looks like it belonged in the in the video nasty era, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it's very much reminiscent and a homage to that. Uh, and, and as well, it's also a homage to, you know, famous killers. Like, I believe that Damien Leone uh, thanks the likes of Toby Hooper and George Romero uh, in the end credits for the film, you know, so he's very much, like, paying tribute to them as well with this. Oh, that's cool. But, but no, that was what struck me about it as well. It's, it's like when you rent... Like Rudy says, it's like when you rent, uh, when you rent, or when we used to rent movies. You know, I know we don't do that anymore now, uh, but when we used to rent films uh, from from video stores, you know, and you'd and you're usually renting like mid tier stuff, right? Especially if you're a horror fan, mm-hmm. you bring it home and they play all the trailers beforehand. It's not like now with Blu-rays, you can just skip all of it. You had to sit there and fucking watch all of it or fast forward. Through I it. like watching the trailers. So do I. But if it, but if I want to just get to the movie, I just want to get to the movie. I want a choice. I want an option. But anyway. <laughs> But but it does look like one of those, you know, grainy, like, you know, super old looking films that, that would play in those trailers and just look like this grindhouse monstrosity, right? Yeah. And, and that's what Terrifier is. It's very grindhouse. It's very brutal. It's very bloody. Yes. But anyway, so, and yes, the scene, this is one of those films that has a moment in it that all you ever have to do to someone who's seen this film is go, so what about that scene? And everyone knows what you're talking about. There is no confusion. We all know what scene we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, so a little hint there to something we will get in detail about as we go on here. Uh, so anyway, thank you at Heelface Rudy for the comment. Appreciate it. Next up is a comment from at Dardar Finch. So that's D-A-R-D-A-R-F-I-N-C-H. And they say, art is legit scary as all hell. Sometimes when I let my dogs out at night, I think about him being on the other side of the door and I freak myself out. The only horror film to do that to me in years. Say what you want about the film itself. Art is freaking scary. 
Okay, why would you imagine that? That's such a horrible thing Be- to imagine. Because that's what you imagine when you're scared of something. That's true. <laughs> I do that too. I, I, I don't go swimming in the ocean and imagine like dolphins and shit playing around me. I imagine a fucking shark swimming right next to me. <laughs> which, by the way, we have seen now countless videos this year of people swimming and a shark like right next to them. And they don't know it. And now I will never go in the water again. <laughs> Sharks are your friend. It's not about whether or not they're my friend. They freak me out. I'm not That's calling. Fair. I'm not calling them bloodthirsty murderers. I know. I know. I don't want to swim next to a shark, though. <laughs> Just me personally. It's my life goal. Uh, but yeah, art is so fantastic in this film. Uh, the the actor who plays him, David Howard Thornton, does such a fantastic job of playing a character who has no speaking lines and yeah. is so just expression has such great expressions it's fantastic it's fascinating to watch art the clown in this film he's my favorite part of this movie even though yes he does freak me the fuck out <laughs> although i don't it, have my husband's fear of clowns so i'm kind of okay with art yeah well you didn't watch <laughs> the 1990 it miniseries when you were like five years old either so <laughs> no i did not <laughs> you didn't you didn't have to see pennywise lift his head in the shower and bear all those fucking teeth and traumatize you for a lifetime which is funny, though, because alternatively, I loved Killer Clowns from Outer Space when I was a kid. So <laughs> explain that to me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do not like clowns. <laughs> I never have. I never will. And they do creep me out. And art, uh, to me, is probably one of, the, one of, if not the scariest of them all. And, yes. you know, part of that is due to the makeup job. Part of it's probably just the atmosphere of the film because it does feel so, like, seedy and dirty, you know. Like, mm-hmm. there's something just very uncomfortable about it. And then, yeah, how David Howard Thornton himself it, it gives an incredible performance because he is basically playing like a evil mime clown, right? <laughs> you know, so so he has no dialogue. He never makes a single sound in the whole movie. And it no. just and, you know, so that combined with all of the uh, expressing that he does, which, you know, to me puts him uh, in an even more difficult role than your typical slasher villain you know like michael myers or, or jason Voorhees, were like you know no knock on kane hot or any of those guys they're doing mm-hmm. an incredible acting job as well they don't even get facial expressions but yeah but for art to have that but not have dialogue that's hard to do too yes uh and he just does it so well everything he does you know just makes you like shudder so yeah you can tell what he's thinking with every expression that he does and that's an incredible talent yeah he, he he's a he's a horror character that has a case of seeing his eyes and what he's thinking makes him more frightening yep. <laughs> but anyway thank you at Dardar Finch for the comment appreciate it uh, next up is at 24th underscore doctor what's up Caitlin this is Caitlin used to be my assistant editor on killerhorrorcrate.com miss you Caitlin miss all you <laughs> uh, and anyway so that's at 24th underscore doctor and she says she punches a clown in the face. I'm assuming she's referring to our main character, Tara, played by Jenna Kinnell. Uh, she says, she punches a clown in the face. It's the best clown horror movie just for that. But where does he rank for you guys on the creepy clown scale? He doesn't talk, so he's pretty on. So he's pretty high on my personal scale just for that. Uh, yeah, I think that he is pretty high on the like scary clown scale for me because he doesn't have the humor a lot of the other clowns we see in horror films do Mm -hmm. like he's just intimidation there's nothing about him that belays like that there's going to be any like comedic moment like killer clowns from outer space they're making jokes like Mm. they're trying to do these little antics you're like oh that's kind of funny and cute so you're not really that scared of them at first Mm -hmm. pennywise likes luring you in but art shows up he's like i got a fucking garbage bag full of tools to murder you with full of rusty tools 
Yep. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. You're gonna die. Uh, yeah, no, for me, art, you know, the more I think about it, art is, I think, the one that gets the most under my skin. Uh, yep. Pennywise obviously traumatized me when I was a kid, <laughs> but, you know, as an adult, I can handle Pennywise a lot better than I can handle art. Yes. <laughs> uh, although I do think Tim Curry also does an amazing job in that role. But, um, and this question, you know, Caitlin, this question also makes me curious if you've watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space yet. I know you hadn't done that the last time we <laughs> talked, so so I'm curious where art ends up ranking on your list after you watch that movie. But yeah, no, I mean, there are a lot of killer clowns in horror cinema. Uh, art, I think, might be the most terrifying because he, he he's the most brutal of any of them that, mm-hmm. that I've heard call, unless you want to consider, you know, real-life clown killers like Gacy. <laughs> you know, so I think, I think for all the reasons we've already discussed alone, yeah, art is at the top of my list, right up there with Pennywise. And I don't know if the killer clowns are up there. They they make me smile more than they scare me. So. Right? They're adorable. You want to take them home with you. You really do. I mean, they look freaky, but they make me happy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Caitlin, for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is a comment from at beernut1. So that's B-E-E-R-N-U-T and then the number one. And they say, one thing I like about Terrifier is the story. A nice, simple story told well. Not flashy, complicated, or full of twists. The film is well-made, acted, great effects, and makeup, etc., which helps make the film even more fun. What are your thoughts on the story? Is it good as is, or do you want more? Chris has already <laughs> given me this look like she's going to disagree with you, Seth. <laughs> okay, look, I like the setup. I agree with Seth that the setup is solid, and it's nice having a horror film that does have a very just, like, straightforward forward setup. We're basically trapped in a building for most of the time, one location, and I think that's great. I do want more. I wanted more out of this <laughs> film. And I think for me, more has to do with I want more time with the other characters mm. because I'm not super sympathetic to our victims in this. Mm. And I want to be more sympathetic. I want to root for them more instead of yelling at them. And I spent well, most of the movie yelling at the victims. Well, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my response to that is it, it's a it's definitely a, you know, in the eye of the holder kind of thing. Right. Yes. Like it's not it is not a horror film for everyone. Definitely not uh to me i think what i like about it is that it is sort of a homage to your kind of old-fashioned slashers where i mean for god's sakes look at halloween you know that th- i feel like this is something that so many people forget about halloween because it's so <laughs> beloved and because you know we hold it up on such a high level but i mean for god's sakes people go watch halloween it's oh. nothing like there's no there's there's very little story I, i'm gonna be honest i think the main final girl of jamie is kind of boring i think michael myers is kind of boring and yeah, like i yell at laurie a lot too in that movie yeah and, and look i'm not trying to not i know i already have halloween fans pissed at me i love that movie <laughs> i'm just saying in comparison to other killers like say freddy krueger mm-hmm. you know michael myers isn't exactly as interesting right so it, it's kind of to me a kind of homage to those types of killers and to those types of movies where you know i do agree with seth that in the case of art the clown uh, I do like that it's just very simple and straightforward and we're just kind of going back to, you know, the old style and way of doing things, but giving it kind of a modern update. Right. So yeah. uh, so it's not scream. It's not it's not this complex story. Right. It mm. is just very straightforward. Stalk and slash. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that that works for art. I think I think like oh. Michael Myers, he's his initial run is a little more scarier because you don't know anything about him. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see if the sequel ends up keeping that going <laughs> or if we're going to learn more or not. But but anyway, so yeah, so those are our thoughts on the story, Seth. So obviously, you know, fucking deferring like always. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you at Beer Not One for the comment. Appreciate it. And then last comment is from 
at the horror guru so this is the horror g-u-r-u and they say it's fine i don't get the hype around it at all but the guy playing art the clown does a great job and it's a solid slasher for the most part you know I i'm kind of of the same opinion well actually i do understand the hype because of art the whole hype has to do with how good Art is as a villain and how much we enjoy watching him. He's the he's the star of the film. He's what carries everything. Mm. That's what that's why I don't why I don't like the movie as much is Art is so good and everybody else kind of yeah. pales in comparison. Yeah, I just want that, everybody else to be as good as Art. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, see, I actually disagree. I think our characters do a really good job of getting you to kind of like them from what we see of them. Uh, and I, I will explain that. I know that you don't like them because they're dumb, but, I mean, for God's sake, it's a horror movie. They're all fucking dumb, usually. Yeah. Um, but but my response to that is always, too, like, you know, and, and I mean, this is the kind of weird thing about horror that outsiders criticize, right, is that, you know, I mean, think back to most of the slashers you like. You know Jason Voorhees. You uh-huh. probably can't name every main girl from those movies for me. <laughs> That's so, true. So you know, I mean, they they always take the spotlight. These killers, if if they if they're interesting enough, right? So yeah. Um, but but as far as the as far as horror guru's comment, you know, I do absolutely see where you're coming from and respect that it 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 is a film I think that can be overhyped because. To me, Terrifier, it's not necessarily that it's a well-made movie. I mean, I I think it is, but I can see why others might not, especially because it is so kind of gruesome and off-putting, you know? I think Mm. that that immediately probably puts a lot of people off. Uh, But if you're one of those who looks past that, I mean, yeah, it's it's cheaply made. It's not exactly, you know, mind-blowing in the sense of, like, we were describing with, you know, the kind of lack of story elements and character and all that. It very much is a film that's just about the stalk and slash. Yeah. Um, but I think that in all of that, I, I do think that Damien Leone brings a really special kind of style and flair to it. I really do think that part of what makes art creepy is just the direction and how, you know, just kind of his knack for kind of setup and scares and suspense and atmosphere, right? Yeah. Um, I think that has a large part to do with why art's so effective. So... So I don't know. I, I can definitely understand why people don't like this movie for sure. This is this is not one that I would scream about at a party of like, what do you mean? I mean, I would never do this, but like, what do you mean you don't like Terrifier? Like, you would never do that. I would never do that now. <laughs> when I was in college, that was a different story. But <laughs> but I was more of a pretentious film snob in college, like most of us are. So. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you at the horror guru for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, and then one last thing we'd like to do before we get into the spoilers here is just talk about the tagline versus the movie and what we think of it overall. Now, I could not find a tagline for <laughs> Terrifier, so instead, just what do you think of it overall that you haven't mentioned yet? Overall, I think this is a solid film. I think that it's worth people watching just for the brutality in it and how well the acting is for art. For me, it's not one of my favorites, but that's also because I have a very specific thing that I want out of slasher films. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> okay, yes, Jason Voorhees, but I like other slashers, jerk. Uh-huh. And and that extra element was missing for me with Terrifier, and that comes from the victims and stuff like that. I'm okay with victims being dumb, but this was to a level that I get a little annoyed with sometimes. Having said that, there's really cool elements of this film. So for me, overall, I think this is a good film and worth yeah. checking out. Yeah, so I don't have much to add before we get into spoilers here. Other than I want to reiterate, I want to reiterate. So, you know, I did actually have 
Uh, I don't even know if this is still up because we've gotten rid of some of the older podcast episodes for Room. But uh, back when the show was a little bit different, I did have David Howard Dorton on to talk about Terrifier and the sequel. And we also talked about the Samara Weaving movie, The Babysitter. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, we, we kind of talked a bit about the sequel and we talked a bit about kind of art's impact on society. And so I just want to mention again just how sort of fascinating it is that you know, t- to me, it's exciting as a horror fan to, to 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 be alive to witness a character like Art take kind of a hold on society, right? Yeah. You know, the, the same way that I got to witness Jigsaw do that. Like, Jigsaw, uh, Ghostface, those were two villains that I got to grow up with and actually experience their movies as they came out. And it's just always really fun, I think, as a horror fan to kind of see that happening. And, you know, Howard Thornton mentioned to me that, like, it was so surreal for him to, you know, go to some of these conventions and just have people lining up to meet Art the Clown because he was just kind of taken aback of like, holy shit, like there are a lot of people that want to meet Art the Clown. Like, yeah. you know, and, and you know, you can already go through like different horror memorabilia sites and, you know, have people selling Terrifier shirts and pins and stuff like that. So Art already has kind of started to take that grasp a little bit. So what I think is you need to give him a couple more sequels. Hopefully this part two will come out sooner than later you know we've been waiting for it for a while i i know the pandemic slowed things down so hopefully we get that eventually but uh but i am really curious to see like where art kind of finds himself if we get another sequel or two that ends up being successful so uh but anyway so all that being said we're going to move into spoiler territory now so again if you have not seen terrifier please do go check it out i believe it's streaming on tubi if not I do think it's worth the rental, but again, I want to warn, <laughs> if you're not into extreme horror and you don't like very simplistic, ultra-bloody extreme violence, uh, then maybe this movie might not be for you. Just yep. just a warning. So, <laughs> But all right, so moving on. So as usual, who do you want to talk about in this movie now as we get into spoiler territories? <laughs> so I would like to talk about Tara, who is played by Jenna Cannell, mm. um, who is our uh, red herring final girl. She's, you know, our girl that we meet in the beginning. She's got the cutest skeleton outfit. Like, I seriously want her clothes. Yeah, she's our psycho homage. Exactly. (laughs) And she, you know, for me, she's really what gives, like, our victims some more heart because she's very fun to watch. She's the one who realizes that Art is up to no good. She's the one who's scared and nervous about him. She's really fun to watch until it gets to the point where she's getting hunted. Yeah. And then I want to punch a fucking wall. <laughs> I am. And for me, it's it's the homage I don't like as much, which is the very dumb victim who kind of like will throw a punch, knock the killer down, knock Art down, and then run away. And I'm just well, yelling, just double tap the motherfucker. Well, well, I mean, one, that's not a homage. That's a trope, if anything. Trope, but... <laughs> okay. I don't know my lingo. I'm drinking. Um, but, but, I mean... Again, I just think that, look, I mean, I, I, I understand being frustrated by that during watching the movie, but I also think that that's part of the fun of horror mm-hmm. is, you know, hor- horror has never been the genre where, you know, we're constantly seeing characters doing brilliant things. All right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, I think I, I think someone like yourself who's coming more new to it uh, or, or at least didn't like grow up with it the way that yeah. I did. I, I think you come into it with movies like Scream and stuff like that, where 
you know, our heroes are a bit more intelligent. <laughs> but I mean, if you grew up with it, with all these like 80s slashers and stuff like that, like, and, and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, we're just so used to characters being fucking dumb that, that, you know, I, I think, I think you got to look past that sometimes. Uh, although I do, I do get where you're coming from. There, there are many instances of Art being knocked down and not just having his head crushed or something. I get it. I, yeah. But <laughs> I think that's my thing is just like a lot of the slashers, I like, yes, it's a lot of people being dumb. Um, but it's very rare that you're seeing the killer knocked out as many times as Art is knocked out. Motherfucker gets stabbed, like fair, hit with, with I, things. I, fair. I just think that's like every movie, though. Like there, <laughs> I, you can you can find that on almost any movie possible. So not not as much times, maybe, but every movie has something like that. Jason um, never goes down into the final scene. Jason does get knocked down sometimes, and then people leave him like with once. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Not off the top of my head, can I remember? But it's there. <laughs> I, I think for me... All right, moving on, moving okay. on. But to your comment on, you know, her being the red herring character, and, and like you were saying, like, you didn't feel like you really got enough of them or, or enough time with the victims or, mm-hmm. or the characters that come after. This is another area where I say, like, you know, again, I get it. You know, it, I, I also prefer movies where... We are with more of kind of our, our primary hero, you know, whether it's Nancy and Nightmare on Elm Street or, or Nev Campbell and Scream, right? Uh, I, I, I also tend to enjoy movies like that more. That was a big issue I had with the recent Halloween Kills is I just felt like, you know, we don't follow anybody. It's just a <laughs> yeah. bunch of nonsense, you know. But in this case, I, I do think that it does have that psycho effect, you know, where it's like, we do spend a large portion of time with those characters. I mean, it's a short movie, you know, it's like an 80 minute movie. And and I would say we spend at least half of it with them. Mm -hmm. So, so I think you get enough time and then you also get that shock value, which I think is actually what terrifier is, is a big part trying to do is like, you know, which leads me into who I want to talk about in a second is that this movie, I think is just a pure commentary, like on violence Mm -hmm. and, and just on how, you know, abrupt and brutal and shocking it is. Yeah. And and I would just say, you know, I think that uh, Jenna Cannell and Catherine Corcoran, who plays Dawn, I think they both have, like, such fun personalities. You might not get to yeah. know them really well. Like, you know, especially, especially Tara, I don't think you really get to know a lot about her other mm-hmm. than what you can kind of read into. And obviously Dawn, we get to know she's very sarcastic <laughs> and kind of dumb and whatever, but she's, they're just Knows really, no boundaries. Yeah, but they're just really fun characters, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, th- so I think you get to like them enough that it is kind of upsetting when they die, which I think plays into how you might feel about yeah. Tara because it's upsetting, you know, like yeah. you want to, you want to see her get all the way and, <laughs> I think and I, she doesn't. I would agree with that. And then the downside for me is that Victoria, the sister who ends up being our final girl in the end, who shows up. She pales in comparison to, to Tara and Dawn. We've spent time with Tara and Dawn. We kind of get a feel for their personalities as much as we get in slashers. Yeah. And then Victoria shows up and is like, who the fuck is this bitch? Who also does it yeah, but, double tap? Yeah, but again, <laughs> but again, this is this is psycho syndrome to me. It's yeah. it's the same thing, you know. So like if you go back and rewatch the original psycho, and look, I, I understand that you can't just say, Well, Psycho did it, so it's fine. But I'm still of the camp of like, well, Psycho did it. We don't complain about that, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, Psycho so, did it better though. Well, but did it? I mean, here's the thing with Psycho. Like, you know, with Psycho, uh, you know, you do have this big setup with with Crane and you know her going to this hotel and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
and and then she gets killed off and then you know i mean the sister character comes in and the sister character is another one of those of like i don't fucking care you know like you, we don't <laughs> the really sister at least needs conversations with the detective so we get to build her as more of a character I, than than victoria i mean gets. true but she's still not really much of a character i mean when you look at marion crane like she's fascinating she's a yes. fascinating character and then the sister is just like i'm looking for my sister like that's her whole character right so and, and she's only in the movie for a little bit too and you don't really get to know her so I do get your point. Again, I just think that I, I feel like I understand enough about the sister, even just in the brief scenes that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, that is who I want to talk about only briefly because I think that Victoria, Tara's sister, uh, played by Samantha Scafidi, you know, I think what's interesting about her and what's interesting about a lot of characters in the movie is that, you know, so Art ends up setting his sights on uh, Tara and Dawn, specifically Tara. And what happens after that is is a little atypical to, to to slasher films in the sense that, you know, most of the times when we watch slashers, you know, there are the characters where we put dumb tropes on them, you know, of like you have sex and die or you do drugs and die yeah. or you do anything fun and you die, <laughs> you know, like. Unless like, you live a boring celibate existence, you will not survive. Well, in that case, you might even be the villain because how, <laughs> how dare you, you know, but. Uh, but, but like most slashers kind of the side characters, you know, they have, they have a coming in horror movie standards to them. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting about Terrifier is that I don't really believe that anyone has a coming. Like, <laughs> you know, once Tara and Dawn have sights set on them, like nobody in the movie does anything necessarily wrong except try to help people, you know? And mm. so like uh, Victoria is one of those characters of like, yes, I mean, do characters, you know, ignore warning signs potentially yeah uh definitely they break that rule in in horror movie standards but but for the most part you know victoria especially i mean look at victoria she's got a final the next day (laughs) you know some of us remember how fucking stressful and frustrating that was she's got a final in five hours she's got to be up for uh there's a couple having sex in her bed you know (laughs) i've been there too that fucking sucks uh and and she's being nice and like driving out in the middle of fucking halloween night you know, to go pick up her sister in some randy, in some random rundown neighborhood, right? You know, so like, so in my eyes, like, she's a good sister, you yeah, know? Like she she's, is. Like, she's doing a good thing, <laughs> and she gets so severely punished for it. Yep. And, and it's the same with a lot of the other characters, you know? Like, the maintenance guy that lets him in the building. He's just trying to give her a bathroom to go to, and he gets fucking <laughs> fucked up, you know? Like, just, it, there's so many people that are just trying to do something nice. <laughs> you do something nice, and, you get murdered. <laughs> and it's punished in this movie. And and I think that, you know, while I will preface this with Terrifier is another one of those movies where I'm not really going to assign some deeper meaning to it <laughs> and, and just say that this is all just my interpretation. I don't know that any of this is really there with the movie. Uh, but what I kind of take out of it is that you know, to me, Terrifier, because of its violence, and we'll get more into it as we go, but because of that and because of its brutality, you know, to me, it's kind of playing on the idea that in the real world, there there isn't justice. In the, yeah. real, in the real world, there isn't uh, a, a, a sense or, or a logic to violence, right? You know, in the real world, violence is chaotic. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there a lot of times there is no explanation, and, and to me, that's kind of what art and this whole idea is. And it's why I found it interesting in particular when, uh, when Tara gets found by Vic with the circus sign on her, mm-hmm. which, 
you know, obviously, I mean, that's Art the Clown, haha, circus. But but when I read that circus sign, to me, that's kind of like that's kind of like Art himself almost saying that, you know, society itself is just a circus. Like society itself is just, you know, this this like bevy of meaningless violence, you know. Yeah. And 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 there isn't justice and there are heroes, but they don't always win, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's like that that I kind of feel like is what Terrifier is really kind of striking at the heart of is just that idea of senseless brutality. <laughs> I can definitely agree with that. Which yeah. then makes me kind of curious, like, why do you think that Tara and Dawn were chosen? Like, why does why does Art give Tara the ring? Why does he choose them? Uh, I mean, this gets into, like, the more difficult areas of the film, you know, mm. to kind of, like, consider is that... <laughs> I, I think it can go one of two ways, maybe. Like, first of all, I think that part of it is possibly just sort of putting art in that kind of standard uh, trope of just kind of like, and I hate to even say this because it shouldn't just be directed at women, but it's like this idea of like, you know, beware of men like art. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, you know, because the whole reason that they end up even drawing his attention is, I mean, he sees them and maybe they were already fucked to the moment he looks at them. Mm-hmm. But, but then you have Dawn, like, you know, being n- an asshole, being a big <laughs> asshole and not, not necessarily flirting, but like fucking with him and, mm-hmm. you know, waving over like, Hey, handsome, my friend wants your number. And then we cut to that shot of art being like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, and so, you know, it, just their reaction and then the way that Don also acts at the pizzeria, you know, going and sitting on his lap and taking a photo with him. I, to me, it's all of that kind of thing of just like, you know, you broke the rule of do not attract the attention <laughs> of men like Art. Like, do not. Do I mean, not. I feel like you don't even need that second half. It's just do not attract the attention of men. Especially when it's dark and late at night. Yeah. Now I want I want to make sure we're clear here. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of those people who's like, don't dress a certain way. Oh, you know. Yeah. No. I, I'm more saying like, do not invite art into your life. Yeah. Like that. That's the whole <laughs> deal. Is you know, because they're also having that conversation of you know, Dawn's potentially gonna go hang out with this dude that they just met, mm-hmm. and these other creepy dudes were like potentially hanging around terror or whatever. And so to me, there is this kind of again like. So, not necessarily subtle, it, but there is this sort of undertone of, like, male violence in particular with the movie. And, you know, just how how Dawn kind of draws that attention in. And then the whole rain thing to me, this is where I start to kind of stretch things a bit because it's a fucking rain. Mm-hmm. The whole rain thing to me and him giving that to Tara, you know, ultimately going back to the idea of like how all these innocent people get involved and you know kind of meet a horrible demise mm-hmm. uh, to me it's maybe kind of playing on this idea of like how if you really want to stretch things on how maybe art's obsession with Tara could sort of be a commentary on like you know uh just bad relationships you know and he's sort of maybe like a metaphor for kind of male violence in those situations and so all these random people just kind of like real life, like all these random people end up, you know, getting involved. They don't want to be involved, but they get involved, right? Yeah. And and then they end up getting hurt in the process too sometimes. Like, yeah. that, that's kind of my initial <laughs> sort of feeling on it, which again, it's a stretch. It's yeah. a very big stretch, but... <laughs> well, I think it's interesting, like, if we look at Dawn and Tara as characters um, who kind of 
could represent like I guess the female attitude type of thing. Yeah. Dawn represents, I think, more what we wish the world was like for women, where women could call out the same way that uh, men call out. hundred percent. Could ignore the the unwritten rules that all women kind of unfortunately are forced to follow. Otherwise, mm. Unfortunately, we invite violence into our life, unfortunately. And that's the wrong word. We don't invite it. We're just yeah. trying to live our lives. No, it, but that's 100% oh, right. You yeah. know, because that, that is the way it goes in society. Like, I've never done that sort of shit, but it's like mm. there are plenty of dudes out there that just catcalling from that, the cars. That do things like Dawn, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, beautiful, my friend wants you to know. Like, yeah. you know, there are plenty of dudes that do that. They don't get punished for it, no. you know, but, but there are women that end up facing that kind of violence if, you know, if the person they're suggesting that too takes it the wrong way or gets obsessed or whatever so yeah and Tara represents the opposite side Tara represents you know the women who are f trying to still follow all of those rules she's wary of art she's keeping an eye on him because she knows that he's a danger yeah. now for me it with the ring I have a weird like I guess like in story canon idea that art is looking for a mate he doesn't yeah. really want to do this violence by himself anymore, and he's looking for basically the Tiffany to his Chucky, <laughs> and he thinks that maybe he sees it in Tara. I, I, maybe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say you're wrong. There's no right or wrong. I, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know that I quite agree. I, I do think that. So, so that's why that's why I attributed the kind of you know domestic sort of yeah. violence to it is that you know I, I do see the kind of like mate quality there mm -hmm. but again i'm looking at it more as like if you were to just imagine that you know instead of this horrifying horror story <laughs> where a murderous clown is stalking this woman and killing everyone around her with fucking saws and shit yeah you know if you forget that part and just imagine it as like you know kind of a nightmare version of this relationship that tara has with mm -hmm. arts right uh then i kind of look at it like there are certain signs there of like family and you know relationships and that kind of stuff uh but to me it's all kind of playing into again just that kind of domestic terror right yeah. you know because because that's part of art's deal is that i don't necessarily maybe he's trying to like train her to you know get into the violence <laughs> like he does but at the same time i looked at it more like you know how people you know you know how people in these situations uh the the controllers tend to control through fear right yeah and and i sort of feel like that's kind of the angle it's taken with art where art in particular with tara is taking all of this time to just scare the ever-loving shit out of her yep. whereas everybody else he just kills immediately right yep uh but with tara he is specifically like putting her in that chair making her watch yeah. <laughs> as he does what he does to dawn right like he is trying to scare the shit out of her and so again i think that's just kind of toying with that idea of you know control with fear that kind of thing so yeah, absolutely but anyway so you know i i as we're talking about art because i know this is another kind of thing that i know you had a big issue with and i know yeah. others do uh, i got a few comments about this uh, as i was talking about the movie this week is you know what are your thoughts on art using a gun as part of his weapon kit you know this was something that i i remember specifically when this movie came out there was a whole group of people that are like that's fucking bullshit you know yep. and, <laughs> is that where you fall look with this? it's fucking cheating it's fucking cheating you don't bring a gun to a slasher fight that's just rude having said so i have major issues with that because 
you know, it does break one of the cardinal rules of slashers, which is the villains don't get guns. The uh-huh. heroes can have guns, but the villains can't. You know, Jason did get a spear gun once. Okay, that's a spear gun. <laughs> it's not a gun gun. It's still a gun. No, it's different. He fires from it's a distance. It's different, and you know it. <laughs> he fires from a distance. It's different, and that you know it. That girl had no chance. <laughs> yes, but it's not, like, a gun is so impersonal. There's... So is a spear gun. No, <laughs> A spear gun from across the lake is not impersonal. Okay, here's the he thing. He used a bow and arrow once, too, in the remake. <laughs> okay, here's what I will say is that I'm, the reason why I don't think an arrow or a spear gun falls into the same impersonal level as a normal gun is because you see a physical embodiment of the trauma. It's more than just a hole and blood splurting out. There's something going through and there's a physical element to it. Yeah, no, a, a giant gaping bloody hole through somebody is. But it, not... it's different because you you don't really see it. You kind of just see I, the damage. I I sort of get what you're saying. It's yeah. less artistic. I'll give it that. Sure. Um, but having said that, so I don't I don't ever want to see another fucking gun in a slasher film. <laughs> I don't ever want to see another the, fucking villain the, holding a goddamn gun. The, the sequel, Art just uses a machine gun. <laughs> I'll come for you, Art. Come for you. <laughs> Having said that, I do think that it it plays an important role in the story in what I was kind of saying with Art looking for a mate. I think with Tara, he was he was looking to like try to traumatize her, see if he could get her to that next level. And when it became apparent to him that that wasn't happening, the game's done. He's bored of it. He's tired of dealing with it. And that's why she gets such an impersonal death in compared to everybody else. Everybody else else's death is so personal because mm. he's up close inflicting damage but tara he's just done he's done playing with her he's done messing her with her whatever he wanted out of her he's well, not getting so he's like fuck it i'm just gonna shoot the bitch well i think i think it comes to that point of like he doesn't like her fighting back you know i mean really? i i think he kind of likes her fighting back <laughs> i don't know i mean you know art art strikes me as that kind of childish character of like you know like we all knew those kids uh you were kind of those kids with board games <laughs> we, we, i am we, not i'm a sore loser yeah we we all know those kids who were sore losers and when they were losing they just got frustrated and were like i'm done with this goodbye <laughs> you know uh i mean for god's sakes like i knew a friend who would like throw his controller down because he was so mad and just like walk out of the room and to me it's always been like it's a game. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> you have um, to win, though. But but in this case, you know, I feel like Art is just such a childish character that I think that when he does meet someone that is bettering him, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. It's not fun. The joke's over at that point, right? Because he no longer gets to be, like, the one in power, so I think he gets mad about it. Yeah. I, I do agree with you that I think that, you know, the gun plays into this idea of, like, it is kind of impersonal, and... It, he is, I do think he is frustrated at that point. Maybe there was something he wanted out of her. I don't really know what that is, but uh, but I do I do get what you're saying with the concept that he's just bored and done with it. Mm-hmm. Or if not bored, he's done with it. Uh, to me, what I would say with the gun is like, you know, so this, this is one of those moments. It, it is a defining moment of the movie, I think. And I think it's where a lot of people either check out of terrifier or or keep going with it and are like, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm fine with that. And I think it's because, like, look, it's a it's a frustrating moment, right? Yes. You know, it, it's frustrating <laughs> because not only are we not used to seeing that with our killers in these movies, like we don't see, you know, slasher films with villains like art. We don't see them use guns, like you said. Mm-hmm. Guns are not fun, you they're know. Cheap. Gun, they're cheap. Yes, they're very cheap. And 
for whatever reason, us horror fans, we we want to see our deaths be up close and personal, and we want to feel like you know they were earned or whatever. Yeah. Like, th- there's something about that, right? That that we get into, and and you know the idea of someone just shooting someone in the face, like that's not exactly this this sort of excitement. It's boring. I think that we get out of like a spear gun, right? So, um, spear gun, not boring. Uh, right. So. So I get the frustration. It's also especially frustrating because it is our Psycho moment. Mm-hmm. And unlike Psycho, which, you know, Marion Crane's death is very sudden and terrifying. And it made us all scared of showers for the rest of our lives, right? And, or at least it did with you, me. Y'all have and, so many fears. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens. You grow up with horror movies, Chris. Um, but, 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 like, so, so that was the case with hers. And in the case of Tara's, you know, I, I think that it's harder to digest because... Tara starts to feel like the final girl more so than Marion Crane because she is fighting back against Art the Clown. She is, you know, beating the shit out of him. Yeah, she's she, yelling at him to get up so she can continue to beat his ass. Right, she's taking charge. And and so not only is it upsetting when she dies because you're starting to get used to her and, and starting to root for her, but to have it be so cheap, you know, I mm-hmm. think that that's really just like, fuck you, Art. Like, yeah. it, it makes you mad, right? It's a disservice um, to Tara. It is, but... But I also think it's the point. Yeah. Like so. So first of all, what I like about this, as as upsetting as it was for me the first time I watched it, what I like about it is that Terrifier, as much as it's paying homage to uh, to classic slashers that we love, it's also evolving them. You know, and it's it's this sort of like postmodern take on slashers, even though it's at the same time homaging the style and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i think that with the gun you know to me think about it this way like america's always been or or has always had gun violence but it's really only since the late 90s with columbine and all that kind of stuff it's only since then that i think we've ever really started to talk about it very much yeah and that it started to become part of like our public psyche and a political opinion as much as it shouldn't be we should all disagree. Yeah, people shouldn't be allowed to have fucking a million guns. Yep. But it's become part of this like social conscious discussion that I think that having art have a gun, it's just playing into that idea of, you know, of us. Uh, uh, it, to me, Terrifier is about American violence. You okay. know, I, I think yeah, that that's I can the, see that. I think that's the way to say it. It's about American violence. And in being about American violence, I don't really know that you can tell a story about American violence and not have guns involved because guns are such a big part of our culture and of the problems that we have with violence, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I think art using the gun again, maybe I'm putting too much credit <laughs> on Leone here and maybe it was just for shock value, but either way, I think that art doing that is a, is commenting on that idea of American violence. Art, to me, is a representation of American violence. I I can agree with you there. Like, I don't I don't like the gun in the film. Like, if they give Michael a gun in this last Halloween film, I'm going to mm. fucking find Danny <laughs> McBride myself and slap him. Um, I mean, he's already done enough that I want to slap him. So yeah, <laughs> but if he, if it's the ultimate sin, if he gives Michael a gun, yeah, it'd um, be hilarious. <laughs> I would, I would fucking look for for all of the shit. And this is no, this Michael is no, Myers just with gun. This is no offense to anybody, but for all the shit that Halloween fans have given me this week for not liking Halloween Kills, I would be, 
I would laugh so hard if Michael Myers were to use a gun and everyone was flipping out about it. He goes to grab something from the butcher block instead of grabbing a knife. He just pulls out a gun. Yeah. I mean, for Halloween ends, they already said it's going to take place like involving the pandemic. It's so, so fucking stupid. Y- yay for that. Who's excited for Halloween about COVID? Um, Not me. But I'm so were, worried for Jason. Yeah, but but you were saying. Uh, but no, in everything we're talking about, this being a reflection of American violence and violence towards women, because the women get it the worst in this film, as for sure. per usual, in a very interesting way. I feel like, but you know, I think this scene with Art and Tara is very reflective of that that male mentality of this girl is not giving me the thing that I want, and so I'm going to commit violence against her. I, I mean, yeah, you can look at it that way. I, I, I think that's definitely there. I, I think just more so with the gun, though, thing, I, I just, again, I think it's American violence, yeah. and I think that it's about power, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, it's like the obviously the violence towards women that's playing into it. This is a very violent movie towards women, but it's also a very violent movie towards everyone. Women uh, more, women more so. But okay. I mean, we do have the dude just gets his teeth stomped in. He doesn't get his um, boobs cut off. We have a man get his head sawed off. I mean, it's not exactly. Woman gets it in the vagina, and I, the other one gets her boobs carved off. They absolutely get it the worst. I'm just <laughs> saying, the men experience some pretty violent deaths too. My my point is. That that's there. Mm-hmm. I just again, I think the gun's more about power. Yes, I, and 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 in that power, more about too. You know, just kind of the the weakness of R two. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think that's part of the American violence with him is that. And, and if you want to, you know, touch on the idea of like male violence and all that kind of stuff, it's that it's that weakness. You know, yes. it's that like need for power because mm-hmm. they're so weak on the mm-hmm. inside, right? So. No, but, you know, speaking to that weakness and kind of, you know, weakness of men sometimes, what do you think is the significance of having Art babied by the the homeless woman in this? Well, first, I just want to add, uh, as I always do, <laughs> is that <laughs> to the last question, I just want to add really quick to that, you know, because I, I also, you know, talked a little bit about with people how Art, like, writes his name and shit and stuff. <laughs> that, to me, is why I'm so focused on the American violence thing. Because the whole movie is so dirty. It takes place in these really run-down, you know, kind of left-behind places, right? You know, where obviously we're not putting money towards, and Mm -hmm. it's all very decrepit, and everything's gross. And I feel like Art, you know, kind of nails that suggestion home by writing his name in shit in the bathroom. (laughs) Because to me, it's not necessarily that he's writing his name. It's that he's making a... To me, he's sort of making a statement on how... You know, in his fucked up, demented mind, uh, all of the chaotic violence and, you know, just uh, destruction and poverty and all that kind of stuff. To, to me, I think that that is art in his mind. You just know, saying I, everything is shit. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I, I, I feel like the whole movie is just kind of saying like this, this uh, American society we have, it's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I get out of it. It's just that it's fucked up. It's gross. <laughs> also, how demoralizing to get murdered by a man with shit on his hands. Yeah, Art gets a lot of gross <laughs> things on his hands. I wouldn't want those fingers anywhere near me. Um, get a sucks get his a, own thumb. Yeah, get a get an infection from that. Um, <laughs> get a yeast infection. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> I mean, that's you know only if you're attracted to Art and you fool around with him. Um, 
which Ew. maybe some of you are out there are. But anyway, no uh, judgment, <laughs> but a little bit. All right, the homeless woman thing. So, so really, I just want to touch on this really quick. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. But you know, for me, this is okay. You've got you've got Art and the homeless woman uh, who's called the Cat Lady in the film. She's played by Puya Mosini. Hopefully, I said that okay. You know, she's got that line where she she kneels on next to him and he's holding her plastic baby that she thinks is real. Emily, the em- baby has a name. Whatever, Emily, and. <laughs> And she says, you know, have you ever felt a mother's touch? Is there kindness in your soul? You know, like it's it's a very corny, ridiculous, it's a very corny movie. <laughs> it's and, and to me, it's just it's very on the nose. You know, I mm-hmm. I I personally interpreted that as you know, art probably is the epitome of the you know the 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 murderous dude with mommy issues. You know, who, the lonely incel. Yeah, who was probably like abused by his mom or whatever mm-hmm. maybe, maybe she ripped his tongue out and that's why he doesn't talk who knows like you know there, there's all sorts of things that could have happened in art's past or at the same time you know a, as is sometimes the case like maybe art's mom if he has a mom maybe she was totally fine and he just yeah. became a fucked up kid who hated her for different reasons right but ultimately what i get out of it is that art hates women that's that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what i ultimately get out of it is that you know, because he he raises his head and looks super pissed off the moment that she mentions mother's touch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just given the idea of like he either really hates his mom or really hates love or really hates women. It's somewhere in there. Right. And so I think that's one way to see it. The other way to see it is I just maybe there's none of that. <laughs> and maybe maybe art reacting that way is just part of the joke to him right Mm -hmm. like maybe he just wants us to think that he had mommy issues but it's really not as complicated as that as maybe it's just very simple if he just fucking loves killing people so (laughs) (laughs) well i think he does fucking love killing people Um, you know it's interesting i feel like i don't really get a sense that he necessarily has like mommy issues definitely hates women yeah. Um. But I get the feeling that it's more so like I read him as one of those dudes that just has a hard time like connecting or connecting with the outside world and so turns bitter because of this and like turns bitter of just like, well, why won't anybody <laughs> I, be my friend? Not realizing it's lo- because you're a shitty human being. I love how we're putting so much on art. Like we're imagining him like, you know, this this cute little child who's just like dressing his little clown outfit and honking his horn, but nobody wants to play with him. And <laughs> and meanwhile, he was probably like, you know, since he's supernatural, for all we know, he was birthed in a pile of shit and like, <laughs> you know, just became this thing or whatever. <laughs> Bird than a pile of shit in a clown car. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like he, he is literally Bozo's the Clown's, like, you know, uh, Friday night drinking binge shit, right? Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's what the killer clowns left behind in their toilet. Yeah, exactly. They ate those cotton candy people and arts what came out of it. Um, <laughs> Jesus. You know, so, so I mean, I I, th- I think that there there's definitely something there, though. Yeah. Again, I, I don't think that that scene is in there for no reason. Yeah. For me, I see it as, as art is really looking for some kind of comfort. He does want another person in his life oh i don't know about that oh i did i that's my whole takeaway from this is that art is murderous but i still think that he is he's the chucky looking for his tiffany because that's the only murderous couple i know it's very possible i just think there's so little there's so little there to art that i just like so little 
Well, I mean, yeah. So well, I can take anything I want from it. You can. No, for sure. I this just, is my movie now. <laughs> that's very possible. I just, I really, truly believe that there is no kindness in Art's heart. That there is no... Oh, I don't think mer- that there's kindness. Right. But but even with him holding the baby and, like, you know, the the homeless woman thinking that he has kindness in him because he's, like, cuddling the baby, right? I think it's very possible that that's just part of his joke. I, oh, I, absolutely. Like, I really I really don't know that he feels anything in that moment, right? <laughs> um, interesting enough, though, something I do want to mention before I forget is that in the end of the film, you do have the coroner mention how there was an eight-month-year-old that he saw microwaved uh, once that came in. Do you think I, that was Emily? I absolutely believe it was Emily that he's referencing. <laughs> oh, poor Emily. You got microwaved, so, bitch. So so on the homeless woman's side, I do think that she is fucked up and traumatized because of what she did to Emily. So. Cat lady. She's a cat lady. Either way. <laughs> um, but all right. So, so one last thing. So uh, one of our listeners at just underscore Erica underscore so that's just underscore E-R-I-C-A underscore. Uh, wanted to know what we think about the the ending with with uh, with Victoria, who well, I guess it's not necessarily the ending. So the begin so the film is bookended by Victoria. We don't know that it's her in the beginning because she's this faceless woman on a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she ends up killing this uh, interviewer, and then we find out in the end of the film that it was Victoria. So, so at just underscore Erica underscore wants to know, like, why, why do you think this happens? What's the point to that? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Oh, are well, you? <laughs> yes. Well, so this for me ties in with why I think a large part of the story is about Art looking for a mate. He's looking to find. Look, bear with me on this. I'm curious. Go ahead. Okay. So I feel like it's this thing where like Art is looking for somebody to murder with him. And he's hoping with Tara, if he like pushes her far enough, that that'll be the case. But she doesn't break. And so he shoots her in the fucking face and he's done with it. And then Victoria comes along and he fucks with her, eats her goddamn face like Hannibal Lecter and leaves (laughs) him looking like uh, the dude in the Hannibal movie whose name I'm totally blanking on. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, the one who raised killer pigs, although they're not killer. They're just regular pigs. Either way. (laughs) Either way. And so I think inadvertently Art created his Tiffany with Victoria because she murders like this reporter uh, granted that reporter is a bitch that woman <laughs> is not a good person but i feel like that's that's what we're getting in that scene is is art created his tiffany you just really want art to have a tiffany don't you i don't i'm just extrapolating from what i see and i read a lot of romance books so look i think the thing that's interesting about that is maybe Victoria will show up in the sequel. I, I don't I quite... hope so. I fucking love her face. It is creepy and I love her. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, it's... I would adopt her if she was a child. I would not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to be shallow there, but that would creep me out. Um, so... She's adorable. No. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, so... Somebody make me a Victoria doll. Uh, so, so, I mean, look, may- maybe Art will team up with her in the sequel. We don't know, but... In, ter- and Tiffany. in terms of just this movie, uh, the way I look at it is that, for one, I think Art's ashamed of his face. You know, I, I think I think that Art is, for whatever reason, and m- maybe this, you know, maybe this is why he targets women, or maybe this is why he kills people in general, is if we want to put any sort of humanity on Art, which I don't really know that we should... <laughs> 
but if, but if you do put humanity on art, maybe he was, you know, this person that was bullied and tortured and whatever because of how he looks. We don't know. We never see his face. But but uh although David Howard Thornton's a very handsome man, you know, yes, but he is. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so so may, maybe art has that kind of history, but either way, I do think that if he's not ashamed of his face, he hates other faces because mm-hmm. when you really go through this movie, every fucking person that dies in this gets their face fucked up for the most part. You know, so like, I mean, for God's sakes, like, you know, Dawn gets her head sawed through. Uh, the he doesn't ma- finish the job. He doesn't go all the way through the head. It's. St- I think it still looks pretty fucked up, Chris. Um, <laughs> uh, the maintenance guy gets his head smashed, right? Uh, the the cat lady gets her... Get her she gets she's scalped. scalped. Right, so like he, he he's gouging the eyes out of other people, right? Like he, mm-hmm. everything is very much at the face or the head, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I think that part of this is maybe like kind of touching on on that of you know Art being ashamed of his face, and so he's he's you know taken out violence because of that, and maybe that plays into you know Victoria and what happens with her, and maybe just kind of like how society treats people like her, right? Like of mm-hmm. how. Of how we do, you know, kind of, and myself, I should be ashamed that just now I was like, ew, no, I don't think I could do that. Yes, you should, because she's adorable. (laughs) It's playing in the idea of, like, how we do treat people like freaks, right? Or Mm -hmm. how we we do look at them differently. And so, the thing I don't like about my my interpretation here is I I really don't want to say that art has this sort of human side that we should feel bad for. <laughs> I really don't think that that is the angle with art. Yeah. Um, but in Victoria's case, I'm just trying to say that I do think that maybe there's something there of talking about how we as a society like sensationalize people like Victoria mm-hmm. and in another sense art uh, and that we're kind of wrong for doing that, right? Yeah. So like in art's case, maybe it's it's saying like how we sensationalize, you know, killers in general like Gacy and they become like yeah. icons, right? They shouldn't be. We should no. like move on and forget about them and not give them any publicity. We but... should give them a number and move on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It shouldn't even be Gacy. Just number 12. <laughs> number 12. Fuck number, number 12. Number 12. Doesn't even get a name. Uh, but no, but I think Victoria, you know, uh, she, she is driven maybe potentially crazy because of how people are treating her or you could also look at it like art is just you know maybe his violence is almost infectious maybe maybe if he does represent american violence maybe then he is kind of you know just like violence incarnate and an interaction with him results in kind of taking away some of that yeah it just passes on to the next person and they commit more violence and then it just spreads like a virus yeah, no, exactly. I mean, if you like, like you know, the ending obviously poses that he is supernatural because yeah. he's blown his brains out and he comes back to life. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could look at okay, well, like you know, Michael Myers, for example, he represents the boogeyman. He represents like the the evil that's hiding in the shadows and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Art, art is different. Art is violence. Art is American violence, particular. You know, he is just violence incarnate and. So in doing that, yeah, maybe an encounter with art, it passes on to you. So, yeah. Or maybe that reporter just had it coming because she was an asshole. I mean, that reporter did have it coming. That reporter was a bitch. She is <laughs> a bitch. She was not a good person. Uh, <laughs> She's but, the only bad person who gets murdered in the film. Right, exactly. But anyway, thank you at just underscore Erica underscore for the comment. Appreciate it. So we're going to start wrapping up now. So who is your killer idiot of 
terrifier. Obviously, Tara. She had so many opportunities to kill Art, and she Tara. just did it. She just, Tara's your she, idiot? She had four opportunities to kill him. She had four opportunities where he's on his back, See, on his knees, and she could have curb stomped his face. I get that it's a slasher film, and that's not how it works. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not that. My problem with your theory is that she wouldn't have killed him, though. <laughs> Why not? Because we learned by the end that he wouldn't have died. He would have just gotten right back up and killed her anyway. <laughs> She at least could have put him in the grave long enough to get away. I'm just, so the reason I give a little bit of credit to people like this sometimes is Mm -hmm. like, look, I don't know about you if it's me and I like, you know, shoot art in the chest or something like that. I don't want to stick around for him to possibly murder me still. I want to get the fuck out of there. Oh no, (laughs) fuck this dude. He just cut my best hand. Your best hand, your best ham. He just cut my best glazed ham. A little drunk. (laughs) Fuck this dude. He just cut my best friend from vagina to face. I'm gonna stomp his face into the ground until it resembles ground meat. I don't give a shit. I, that I understand. dude is dead. I understand that, but then maybe you're the killer idiot I, because because then you go to stomp on his face one time and he grabs your foot, flips you over, and kills you right there. And you could have ran away and got away. <laughs> I'm going to take some weapons. I'm just going to beat that motherfucker's ass. She gets to a point at the end where she has him on the ground. She's like, get up. Get up. I'm like, no. Stay on the fucking ground so I can beat you more. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, no. my, my killer, intense feelings. My killer idiot is the person who's actually an idiot in this movie, which is Dawn. Uh, because Dawn <laughs> is the one who is not only calling out to this very creepy clown in the alley yeah. <laughs> saying that her friend wants his number. Uh, but she also goes and sits in his lap at the restaurant. Pretty stupid move. Yep. And then third, I just think she's an idiot because she says the maintenance guy, uh, I, I think played by Matt McAllister, she says the maintenance guy is creepier looking than Art. It's and not he true. most he most definitely is not. No. He's just a bald dude. Art is fucking terrifying. <laughs> How, what do you mean he looks creepier than him? <laughs> yeah, she also doesn't keep her car doors locked when she's in it by herself in the middle of the night. Yeah, no. Dawn, idiot. That's yeah, why Dawn. she's dressed as a scarecrow. She really doesn't have a brain. She does not have a brain. <laughs> I love her. She's hilarious. I would love to be friends with her. Does not have a brain. I don't know if I'd want to be uh, friends with her. She's a little much. I think she'd be fun. <laughs> uh, but all right, what about your killer death in Terrifier? It's obviously Dawn. It's obviously Dawn. Yeah, you can't. There's no other death in this movie that compares from getting cut from vagina to face. I mean, look, you know, th- this is the scene that I do think solidifies for a lot of people what you think of this film. You know, yes. because I think I, I think it's very easy to go both ways. I think you either see this scene and you're like, nope, this is too much for me. <laughs> I do not like this. Or you see that scene and you're still kind of like, yikes, that is a lot. But then you also go, all right, r- round of applause, movie. That <laughs> that as a as a as a longtime horror fan, that disturbed me. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought that scene was gonna be worse. Well, because I built it up for yes, you. Yes, you like, did. I'm gonna tell you when to cover your eyes. Yeah. This is this. There's this scene that you're not gonna like. It was. I was telling you for like a. W- I was telling you for like a week that you're not gonna like this scene. And then I watched it. And I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. Uh, you were squealing. You still well, had a problem I'm with still, the scene. I, of course, I'm still gonna squeal a bit. But like. Here's my my whole reason no, 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 why no, it's my... not as bad is because we never cut to Dawn and her freaking out about what's happening to her. That's not true. Yes. We, we were watching it, and after two seconds, you're like, oh, well, at least they don't show it. And then as soon as you said that, it cuts right to Right Art, to her ass. Uh, no, it cuts right to Art sawing through her JJ, right? And you're like, oh, my God. But it's a butt shot. <laughs> and it keeps cutting to 
to to Dawn and her mm-hmm. face and just looking like she's in pain and squealing and blood's pouring over. It what are you talking bad. about? It, it was wasn't a hor- as bad as I thought. It was a horrible scene. It was a bad scene, but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's a horrible scene. No, so that, so like <laughs> this is why you don't hype movies. I get. I don't understand. I don't understand people with like the hype thing you know like it just i I don't know you build expectations up in your brain and nothing can ever compare to whatever you have expected well that's well so stop building so much expectation don't build things up for me (laughs) i said you weren't gonna like it and you didn't like it but anyway um it's a mild dislike whatever no i completely disagree i think that i think that art sawing through her vagina all the way to her face is is downright fucking disgusting, right? Yes, is bad. And, and it's pretty horrific. And so, like, you know, I, I think that that is the moment that will certainly put some people off from this movie. And and if it doesn't put you off, then you're in my camp, I think, where you're like, I've seen every horror film there is that fucking disturbs me, right? Because it's <laughs> it's like it's not fun to watch. Like no. it's not it's not fun to watch this girl sawed from vagina to to head, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's not entertaining, right? No, it's, you don't get to see your boobs in a fun way. Right, which always makes me crack up, crack up in horror movies when it does show tits, and then you do have those horny dudes that are like, yeah, tits, and then they're immediately ruined by <laughs> violence. Um, yeah. Unless you're one of those people who's into that, which you know, uh. Uh, not for me. Um. <laughs> But anyway, so no, yeah, that's mine too. Again, it's that scene where anyone who talks about this movie can just say that scene, and we all know what we're talking about. It's this moment. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So one last thing: who is your killer MVP of Terrifier? Obviously, David. Obviously, David Howard Thornton um, for his role of Art, because that's the whole like kit and caboodle of this movie. Like, he's what makes the it... The caboodle. I'm drunk, fuck off. <laughs> like, you wouldn't say that when you're drunk. <laughs> I would totally say that sober. Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he is so fucking good in this film. Like, his 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 ability to mix, like, the creepiness of art with the clownish behavior. Like, just his smile. Anytime that he's trying to do his, like, friendly smile and i say that in quotations friendly smile at mm-hmm. people and it looks like he is about to stab you with a rusty nail like yeah. he is just so amazing in this film and i very much looking i'm very much looking forward to watching future terrifier films mm. even though they're not exactly my bag of slasher films he does such a good job that i will watch them for him yeah, for sure. I mean, I really don't have much to add to that. Yeah. We've been talking about art the whole time. I think he's great. I think David Howard Thornton's great. He's my uh, new Kane Hodder. And Tony Todd. He gets to be with them, even though I never want to see him in makeup. Oh, well, that's nice. Um, <laughs> so, so who? I, I guess the one thing I will add is, you know, since I did interview him a while back, which if that episode's still up, you can go check that out and listen to it again. It's our, our episode on The Babysitter. I don't know if it's still up, though. Uh, but the one thing I'll just add is, you know, for for as terrifying as David Howard Thornton is, again, very nice man. Uh, he's Aww. actually very charismatic and funny, and um, you know, seems like a good guy. So, so again, I I just always love that. Like he's so good at making himself awful and terrifying, but was actually a pretty charming dude to talk to. So. Uh, Maybe so, one day I'll get to meet him if horror conventions ever come back. Yeah, so that would be my point. Like, if you can ever meet David Howard Thornton at a con, I totally recommend it. Seems like a good dude, so do that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it for us on Terrifier. So hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully it wasn't just too much rambling about fucking <laughs> violence and shit. Um, 
Uh, next week is going to be on Halloween 2. Woot! And I can already preface this with, if you're a big Halloween franchise fan and you really love the new movies, I'm probably going to make you mad. So I'm just going to <laughs> I'm just going to get you ready for that. I love Halloween 2 and I will have a lot to say about the franchise during that episode. So <laughs> yeah, It is probably my second favorite Halloween film. It, it's easily mine. Um, yep. So so we'll be doing that next week. Uh, so if you can check it out before then, go to your homework, watch Halloween 2. We'll <laughs> talk about it then. Uh, but otherwise, that's going to do it for us. So I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And have a good night, horror fans. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled, just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.